Well, good morning, Taff. As you know, we're in my living room. I know last week was Amy and I rewatched the sermon. We noticed that my cats were walking around, and we chuckled every time we saw them. I hope it wasn't a distraction to you, but uh, it's very likely you may see them again today. We'll figure it out as we go. Um, I, it's one of the nice things about preaching from the comfort of my living room is I'm hearing the birds chirping. I don't know whether the microphone's going to pick it up or not, but it's, it's it's almost like I'm preaching outside because we have the windows open, the birds are singing. So, as you know, last week we started a sermon series called It's Not Over. Um, so this week, it's the second installment of that sermon series. It's a four-week sermon series. This week, the title is Enemies, Experts, and Encouragers. Let's get started. You're five feet nothing, 100 and nothing, and you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. Do you recognize that quote? It's from the movie Rudy, one of probably the best sports films ever made. Let me give you, I guess, a little background. Daniel Rudiger, Rudy as he's known, was a small town football player, not much talent, but he had a whole lot of heart. When he graduated high school, he had dreams of playing for Notre Dame. He didn't have a talent, though. And quite frankly, he didn't have the grades either. He applied but got rejected, and he ended up working at the steel mill with the rest of his family, his dad and his brother, Frank. You see, Frank didn't really believe that that Rudy had any chance and let him know that whenever he talked about his dream of going to Notre Dame. But you see, Rudy had a friend named Pete. And Pete encouraged Rudy to follow those dreams. Maybe it's even a God-sized dream for Rudy. But it looked like it probably wasn't ever going to happen. Then one day at the factory, at the steel factory, there was an accident. And Rudy's friend, Pete, died. And that was the motivator that that Rudy said, I'm not going to live my life here without following my dream. So he quit his job and he went and he applied once more to Notre Dame only to be rejected because of his grades. He enrolled at a nearby university and worked hard to try and get his grades up. And in the meantime, he got a job on the grounds crew at Notre Dame football stadium. He didn't have anywhere to stay. He actually snuck in and slept inside the stadium. His his supervisor, who was who said this to Rudy, realized he was there and eventually started leaving pillows and blankets and even a key. Eventually, Rudy got his grades up and was accepted to the University of Notre Dame. Well, that's 
only the beginning of the story because his dream was to play football. Now, the problem was he was short and unathletic. But they had at Notre Dame the ability for a person to try and be a walk-on football player. And he, he went and he applied, and there's a lot of people that had better skill and better talent, but he had heart. So they let him be a practice squad player, which meant that all he was there to do was to get beat up by the, by the normal players because they didn't care whether he got hurt. He was just a practice squad player. Eventually, the coach agreed that one game in Reedy's senior year, he would be allowed to dress. He didn't make any guarantees of playing in a game, but he said, I'll let you dress in one game, which was quite a feat in and of itself because there were scholarship players who never got to dress. But everyone loved Reedy's heart. He wouldn't give up. He'd get beaten down, beaten down, but he wouldn't give up. So the coach made that exception. Now the problem was, at the end of Rudy's junior year, that coach retired. And the new coach came in, didn't know anything about the prior coach's commitment to let Rudy dress. And near the end of the year, it didn't look like it was going to happen. And Rudy wanted to quit the football team. And that's when the quote that I just read to you, was said to Rudy by his friend and his boss. He said, you don't have to prove anything to nobody. Eventually, some of the seniors on that team went to the coach and said, let Rudy play. Well, they convinced the coach. Rudy got the dress. His family came, was in the stands, his as the, as the crowd was cheering and Rudy led the team out onto the field. And no one really expected that he would actually get into the game, but, but Notre Dame was up late and eventually Rudy gets in for a play or two. And he actually, the players loved him so much, they actually carried him off of the field. See, it's not so much about talent as it is about your heart. And I've learned that we will encounter a lot of Franks, his brother who didn't give him any hope, and very few Peeps, his friend who encouraged him in this life. And not only will the Franks always seem greater in number, they will also be louder in volume. So we have to be careful which voices we allow to influence our decisions and our futures, lest we become the clone of everyone else's opinion and cover over the masterpiece that God has created. The fastest way to forget what God thinks of you is to become consumed by what the Franks of this world think about you. So today I want to talk to you about three different types of relationships that influence how we move forward 
with our dreams, our God-sized dreams. The first type of relationship that we're going to come in contact with are known as enemies. Those are the people who are willing to harm you. And there are two types of enemies. The first type are the zombies. And you see, they are destructive. Zombies are destructive, and they don't care. My cats are trying to knock over my tripod. They don't care anything except eating and attacking anything in their way. They are fundamentally opposed to joy and happiness. You see, what a zombie wants most is to make the rest of the world as miserable as it is. So some examples of zombies in our life, people who drag us down, a co-worker who's overly flirtatious, an older sibling that tells you that you just aren't good enough. You see, in Proverbs 13.20, it says this, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Then in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, it says this, Don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. The second type of enemy are the vampires. You see, the vampires constantly take rather than give. In commenting on our current political climate, Ernie Johnson said this. He said, I have to look in the mirror and say, how am I going to be a better man? How am I going to be a better neighbor? How am I going to be a better citizen? How am I going to be a better American? How can I be a fountain and not a drain? You see, vampires are always a drain. If they can find a negative side in something, they will. Again, an example of that is the person who wins the lottery and then complains about having to pay taxes on it. Gossipers. Constant critics. Someone with the magic ability to always point out the insecurities that you are already feeling. Proverbs 18.21 says it this way. It says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The second type of relationship that we will find are the encouragers. See, those are the people who are willing to support and to help you when things get tough. And there are two types of encouragers. The first is the sidekick. They will reliably be with you to fight the villains who come your way. 
They believe in your dreams and share your common purpose. They're willing to sweat alongside of you. And let me say this. Make sure the voices that you allow to speak loudest into your dreams have also sweat alongside of you while you have been chasing those dreams. You see, what a sidekick wants most is to see you become a better version of yourself. Examples, Robin to Batman, of course, the most obvious one. People who, want, who have your back no matter what is going on. Proverbs 27:17 says it this way, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says this, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. The second type of an encourager are the heroes. They go ahead of you and show you the way to your dreams. They're the people that you admire because they are living the kind of life that you desire. Examples would be people with the wisdom that you look up to. People who are winning in areas of life that you value most. People accomplishing what you one day hope to accomplish. You see, having a hero allows you to aim your life in the direction of your desired outcome. So if you have a dream to accomplish whatever it is, you need to find a hero who has successfully accomplished that. Philippians chapter 4 verse 9 says, puts it this way, Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. The third type of relationship that we will see are the experts. You see, that's someone who has authority, experience, and wisdom in a, a specific area or field. Now, the unique thing about experts is that they can come in both good and bad forms. Experts have facts, but they rarely understand your story, and they have not invested in the pursuit of your dreams. Sure, they, they may believe in your dreams and share your common purpose, but not always are they good. Let me give you a story that illustrates this. The Israelites were wandering in search of the promised land. 
the Lord told Moses to send out some volunteers to explore the land. Numbers chapters 13, the beginning chapters 1 through 3 says this, Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He sent out twelve men, all tribal leaders of Israel, from their camp in the wilderness of Paran. Unfortunately, though, Moses sent out men who were experts at evaluating the land and fighting wars, not experts on what God had already done and promised to do in the future. So after exploring the promised land for 40 days, the 12 scouts come back and they share their opinions with Moses and the rest of the Israelites. This is what it says in Numbers chapter 13. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. Of the twelve experts sent into the Promised Land, Ten return with a negative report. And those ten persuaded the entire nation to believe that their dream of possessing and receiving the promised land was impossible. They convinced the Israelites to see themselves as grasshoppers in a giant's world. And as a result, the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years. During those four decades, an entire generation missed out on their dream, their miracle 
their God-given promise. Because they allowed the opinions of so-called experts to convince them that there was no hope. Let me leave you with this. There is no better way, no better way to end up where you want to be than to spend time with people who can show you how to get there. If you want to accomplish your God-given dream, find those encouragers. Find the right experts and soak in what they can do for you. Ignore the bad experts. Ignore the enemies. And let those who will encourage you feed into your life so that you can accomplish your God-given dream. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for bringing us here this morning. Thank you that you give us God-given dreams. Thank you that it's not over, that our God-sized dream can be fulfilled if we will listen to those who will encourage us, who will lift us up, who will support us. If we listen to the right experts, and if we can drown out the enemies and the bad experts, help us. Help us to find those that can feed our soul, that can lift us up, and to invite them into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Taft, that's another Sabbath in the books. Praise team's going to come and sing a couple more songs. And again, I just want to encourage you to be faithful financially. I don't know how much longer this is going to go. They've just, you know, this past week they canceled court up through June. So my guess is it's probably going to be through June at least. Continue to be faithful. We will continue to be faithful to those in our church that have needs, those in our community that have needs. You can go to our website, go to the donate tab, and you can donate there. I also just want to say, you know, tomorrow is Easter Sunday. Today, we were going to have communion in church. Take a couple minutes this afternoon and just think about that day when Jesus rested in the tomb and how the next day, early on Sunday morning, he rose. And when he did so, that meant that our sins would always be forgiven. That he conquered death. And the sin that results in that death. He did that for you and I. He did that so that we would be able to spend eternity with him. Just take a couple minutes this weekend. Take a couple minutes today, tomorrow. Just remember what he did for us.
I'll see you next week.